Hello and welcome into this edition of Radio BNR. I'm your host, Chris Turner, and today our guest is church planner from Denver, Colorado area, Bruce Hendrich. Bruce, welcome into this edition. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate the opportunity. Well, uh, it's been a great tour that uh, Lonnie Wilkie, our editor of Baptist and Reflector, and I have had as we've been able to go through and talk to our four church planters there in the Denver area that uh, have been Tennesseans and have moved out that way. But you are actually moving back that way. So uh, how did you get from from Colorado to Tennessee and then back to Colorado? Okay. I'll see if I can keep it short. That's a God thing by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> I grew up on a little farm out south of Akron, Colorado, which is northeastern Colorado, and uh, had a heart to be a missionary, and uh, actually specifically a missionary pilot mechanic. And so I went to Moody Bible Institute Chicago and their um, missions program out there. Then I transferred down to Tennessee for the aviation training. Mm. And so while I was in my aviation training down in Tennessee, I met my wife. We went to the same church, and um, we ended up uh, teaching at Moody in the flight training program there for 14 years. And then after that, I became a pastor in the church that we were attending. And then after our kids grew up and uh, my wife's parents passed away, she was primary caregiver. We had some freedom to do what we thought we really wanted to do, which was to be missionaries again. And so God opened the door for us to come out and start a church in Colorado on my old old stomping grounds. Wow. So that's been quite a quite a roundabout journey to 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 get home. <laughs> yeah, it has been. I tell people all the time that I've finally grown up and know what I want to do with the rest of my life. <laughs> well, you definitely uh, are are in a strategic place just from what Lonnie and I've seen uh, being being in that Denver area and just how really uh, doesn't look anything like what we think about culturally here in the buckle of the Bible Belt. Um, and, you know, as we've talked to our quote, Tennessee church planners there. Um, just from your perspective, how would you describe the, the spiritual climate, the spiritual attitude of where you are? I would say it's very not Christian, but very spiritual for the most part. And mm. so we have way more opportunity to have spiritual conversations here than probably we did in Tennessee. Um, it's surprisingly uh, an easy conversation to talk about Jesus here because people are pretty much uh, anti-Christian, but they're very into spiritual conversations. And so wow. if we can give them a different picture of what it means to be Christian, then we have a great opportunity to share the gospel. So uh, when you talk about that, I mean, how how do you how do you lead into that conversation? Uh, do they, when they find out what you do or um, you strike up that conversation, I mean, is there a curiosity there? Or do they come at it from a yeah, perspective? There, there of... is. And, and the beautiful thing about it is, is even though I'm a native of Colorado, there are so many people moving to Colorado for so many different reasons. And so our first and most common question that people ask us, well, why did you guys move to Colorado? And uh, we'll just say, hey, I'm glad you asked. We just saw a tremendous opportunity to take what we know about Jesus and bring him out to a place 
to where people just don't know that much about Jesus. And so we moved out here and started a church, and then they kind of their jaw drops, and <laughs> and then we just kind of give them a, a permission to ask for more information, or if they just say, "Man, I don't want to talk to you anymore about that," we we'll just give them some space. And we know that in Colorado, you have to sow a lot of seed for a long time before you yeah. see a harvest, uh, because they're just so far from Christianity, they're pre-Christians uh, at the earliest stage that you could possibly be, many of them. So it just takes a lot longer, and we're just trying to be a little more patient and give them an opportunity to have space to believe what they want to believe, and hopefully by our lifestyle, uh, they will say, you know, I'd like to know more about what you believe and why. Yeah, so it's interesting you should say that. Uh, you know, we uh, as you mentioned, people migrating to Colorado, that really has been the case here in Middle Tennessee, especially, but all across the state where, you know, we have people coming with corporations that are relocating. I mean, just in my neighborhood, I mean, my next door neighbors from Michigan, a couple across the streets from Chicago, three doors down, two doors down is a couple from uh, California. At the end of the street is a couple from Florida, via, uh, New York via Florida in Wisconsin next to them. So there is this migrating, so this whole idea of, you know, the, the buckle of the Bible belt and, you know, this whole Bible saturated South really is as if it wasn't already a bit of a myth to begin with. It's becoming more so, and we're starting to look more like uh, other places as far as what people's spiritual background is. There really isn't that you really can't draw that assumption that people have any biblical literacy at all. Mm -hmm. uh, how, how do you, I mean, you're still connected to Tennessee and have, you know, uh, family here and support base here. When you look back over into Tennessee, do you see like Denver being the future of where Tennessee is headed with the uh, different peoples? Really, it's a people group. And if so, what, what do you see as things that, not only pastors, but believers in our Baptist churches really need to be thinking about as that cultural shift happens. Um, you know, coming from East Tennessee, it's obviously a little bit behind Middle Tennessee, probably West Tennessee, but I'm sure it's coming. Um, one of the frustrations that we had in East Tennessee was it was such a tight community that uh, me being an outsider from Colorado, I, I had to work long and hard to become a uh, person they were willing to listen to because they mm -hmm. were pretty suspicious of outsiders. But uh, our sons both living in Nashville and uh, just knowing a little bit more about the state in general, I definitely can see what you're saying is happening. And I think part of it is just as our culture changes and jobs become primary and family become secondary, people are just going to be moving wherever their jobs take them. And so yeah. a more mobile society is definitely going to mean that we're going to have a lot more diversity than than what we've had in the past, at least compared to East Tennessee, which there was very little diversity uh, from our experience there. So what that does for us is it just makes us much more committed to living out the Christian life as a platform for having people ask us why we do what we do. Um, we hadn't been in uh, our town for maybe more than a week or two, and one Sunday morning, we were pulling out of our driveway and one of our newly uh, met neighbors said, uh, were you guys going so early on Sunday morning? We said church and he gave us this look like, really? <laughs> like, just must have come from planet Mars or something. And we just met him a time or two before then. And so 
we didn't let people know right off the bat we were there to plant a church. We just wanted to build relationships and we didn't want to scare people away. And so we started out that way and we found that that's so common around here is because there are so many people that come to Colorado for reasons definitely not related to church and Jesus. We just have to live an attractive lifestyle that gets them asking questions as to why are you the way you are? Why do you do what you do? Well, and it really sounds like that the whole approach is to remove uh, an impediment that a person has, uh, a hurdle there that, that they would have to overcome to be able to get a hearing uh, or for you to get a hearing and really focus more on a gospel type conversation than having to explain a, a denominational type of, yeah, of conversation. That is, that, is so, that is so good and true. And we find that uh, when the people do get farther down the road and they're ready for that conversation, we can tell them why we're Baptists and yeah. why we think it's valuable to be connected to a group of people that have common beliefs. But at the same time, knowing that, uh, for instance, Catholic Church, you know, people already know a lot about Catholics. And so uh, they've already made up their mind whether they want to have anything to do with that or Catholics or not. And so we have a lot of people they just check us out because they're not intimidated by the name that we have. Um, it's just, oh, okay, these guys, let me see what they're like. And generally what they find is they like us. And um, it's only later on that they'll say, oh, I'm surprised that you're Baptist because I like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so so what bridges would you say that, that you use, uh, you know, whether it's, community service or, you know, that where you make those connections and establish, build relationships with people that you see working in that culture that we need to have our eye on and really start thinking about how we're going to integrate those types of bridge building strategies here in Tennessee as we deal more and more with, you know, the migration of people that come in that are either pre-Christian or post-Christian. Well, my experience back in Tennessee would say that I think most believers think that the church somehow is going to reach people with the gospel. And my personal opinion is the church isn't going to, not at least the organized church. The body of Christ has to change the mentality that says it's the church's job to bring people mm. into the church to, to get the gospel so that they can get saved. I think we've got to just give that responsibility back to individual Christ followers and say, no, it's your responsibility to be the kind of Christian that like first Peter one or three fifteen says, you know, about labor life in such a way that people want to ask you for the hope that you have. Yeah. Uh, and I think that is the best bridge building is just live a life that's attractive enough that people will say, I want to know what makes you tick. Mm. Uh, whether it's sacrifice service, uh, we mow people's lawns, we babysit neighbors, we dog sit, we do anything and everything just to show them that we believe that Jesus came to, to not be served, but to serve. And that's the reason we came to Colorado to not to be served, but to serve. And that gets people's attention because people out here are super self-centered. And when we have a Christ-like attitude that says, we're here to just be whatever you need us to be, do whatever you need us to do, that earns a, that builds a bridge for us to, to have a conversation. Well, it's, it's interesting you should say that because as you were saying that, what came to my mind was the uh, verse from Corinthians. It's actually the theme verse for our annual state convention meeting this year, which is 
uh, I'm, you know, become all things to all men so that I might uh, save some. And, you know, just, just really that whole idea that, you know, Paul seeking the opportunity uh, to share the gospel, but in the process serving people in a tangible way that, you know, people aren't projects, um, you know, to be, to be checked off, but, but generally having that, that love for people, especially that love for lost people and seeing their need for the gospel. And it sounds like you guys just really have that, that focus and keeping that before the people in, in the church where you're working. Yeah, I think it's really important, first of all, for us to model that. And then we just pray that God leads us to the people that have that kind of a heart, because there are some Christians out here that are more of a consumer mindset. And uh, to be honest, they're not really going to help us uh, accomplish the mission that God's given us. So we don't work really hard to reach them. We work really hard to reach people that see the value of service and sacrifice and yeah. community. And rather than doing church stuff and ask, asking people to be involved, we connect with our community and we say, what are you guys doing that you'd be willing to let us come alongside and help with? And what happens is we have a partnership that people say, hey, this is the first church we've seen that really cares about our community versus about their own agenda. And we find that when we love the community well, people sit up and take notice and eventually we earn the right to share why we're here. Yeah, just really that being in and among the people and being involved and in, in, uh, just, you know, giving your life for that. Um, what, uh, what would you say are some prayer requests that Tennessee Baptists could be praying for, uh, not just your family, but uh, the work and some things that are going on there in, in, uh, in the area where you're at? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is uh, I think about all the times where Paul asked for prayer in his letters to the churches that he was going. Uh, I think part of the reason that he was doing that is because what we're doing is extremely taxing spiritually, yeah. emotionally, physically. Uh, we've had more kinds of challenges uh, from all kinds of different directions since we started doing this than we ever did doing ministry in Tennessee. Um so there is a, a real strategic spiritual battle that's going on. And so we certainly need just more prayer covering. Uh, all of us guys are feeling that. Uh, one of the guys that uh, I have a great relationship with, a fellow planter that planted about the same time we did in a town similar to ours, is fighting cancer. Mm. Uh, my wife's facing some pretty serious health issues, and it's just like, we just don't know if that's coming from the enemy or if it's just a test, but it sure is distracting and it makes it harder for us to stay really focused on the task here, yeah. which is building relationships and making disciples and multiplying leaders and eventually multiplying churches. Yeah. And then um, as far as, as ways that they can be praying for, uh, the folks in your church and, and just kind of, I'm sure their spiritual development and continued discipleship growth and maturity. But uh, what, what is kind of your vision you see for, for what you're planning? Yeah, I think one of the things that we really would appreciate prayer for is that we would love to raise up leaders within our churches that have the same passion, the same desires, that we do, and they would become not only leaders in our church, but they would become the future church planners in our uh, church plants. Uh, we tell people all the time we don't want to be a mega church; we want to be a mama church. 
Yeah. And we just want to have a lot of babies. And uh, we just think that our biggest obstacle is not finances. Our biggest, biggest obstacle is just having leaders that have a heart for doing what we're doing and willing to make the sacrifices that you have to make in order to, to bring the gospel to people that otherwise aren't going to ever hear it. Yeah, most definitely. Well, just few days that we spent out there uh, among you guys just really saw the spiritual challenge um, the, the uh, just the broad diversity of deal things that you deal with with just cultural related issues and where we are as a as a nation and uh, you guys are dealing with some of all of that but it did seem like uh, you know the, the spiritual warfare aspect of that was certainly prominent so definitely praying for that um and uh in in any way is there a tangible way that uh, tennessee baptists might be able to help in the work that you're doing mm. well we love when you guys send out prayer walkers and prayer warriors uh, we just had a couple ladies that came through last week i think it was and uh, they were able to to hear a real-time prayer request and uh, we were just able to tell them some of the specific things that we were wrestling with so that's that's always a huge blessing. Um, if we can ever come out and just share with you guys just the things that we're learning and the things that, I mean, you've been a tremendous blessing to TBC in general and our ascending church and our supporting churches out there in Tennessee have been awesome for coming out and partnering with us in some of our outreach opportunities. But even if we could just come out and just share our heart on occasion to be a blessing to you guys because it is a challenge to to make the transition from being a traditional church to a church that really is effective in reaching lost people yeah absolutely well i think that that would definitely be something that would be worthwhile for our pastors to um you know uh have the opportunity to learn from you guys just you know as we talked about with as much as culture is changing um, it, it, I mean, growing up in Tennessee myself, um, you know, it's just interesting to see not only the the demographic shift from people here in the United States, but, you know, with 145 different people groups living in Tennessee now, um, you know, this is kind of like this. This isn't your grandfather's Oldsmobile anymore. I mean, Tennessee really is a, a diverse state, probably always has been, but it certainly seems more prominent now than it was at any time in the past. Um, and so what you guys have to offer to us, I mean, you guys are a glimpse at our future. And so uh, hopefully we can figure out a way to get you guys involved in that. So, well, Bruce, thanks so much. We'll be sure and uh, commit those things to prayer. And uh, we appreciate you spending a little time with us today. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. And thanks for all the support you guys have given us along the way. Thank you for listening to Radio B&R, a podcast production of The Baptist and Reflector the official news journal of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded at baptistandreflector.org forward slash radio BR. The ministries of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the golden offering for Tennessee missions. For more information, visit tnbaptist.org.